Yeah. 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 It's the Bronx Bias Podcast, episode 74. That shopping links, dark skin, light skin, Asian and white women, hype beast. We know about you. Don't buy shoes unless they're popular. For the hoes, my nigga, that's pussy popping that magic city. Got strong, my nigga. Then come match that shit with me. Smoking me, my nigga. Then don't pass that shit to me. This one for my niggas. Them bad hoes that spell me. Shout out to them freshmen on Instagram, straight flexing. Pop the molly, I'm sweating. Pop the molly, I'm sweating. Mama always told me, boy, count your blessings. No, do it live. Fuck it. Do it live. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 74 of the Bronx Bias Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Denzel, a.k.a. Harry Potter, a.k.a. Dubron James. And we are back like Jordan wearing the faux five. I want to start by saying thank you to everyone who tunes in, who likes, who subscribes, who shares, and who supports. Thank you to everyone who is active and engaging with me on the social media platforms. I truly, truly, truly appreciate all of the love and all the support I receive from y'all. Thank you all. Thank you to all the essential workers out there still busting their ass battling this COVID. And finally, thank you to all the people who are out here continuously using their voices to affect change in a positive way. We always, 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 always have to start the shows with the thank yous because the thank yous are very, very, very important. Please do not forget your boy Denzel has official Bronx Bias Podcast merchandise available for purchase. You can visit the website bronxbiaspod.myshopify.com. B R O N X B I A S P O D dot M Y S H O P I F Y dot com. Bronxbiaspod.myshopify.com. Come check it out. Come fuck with me. I got hoodies on there. I've got t-shirts. I've got tote bags. I've got COVID masks and I've got stickers with much, much more to come. Again, I'm an independent podcaster from the BXMY 
And the merchandise is just a great way, um, if you like the show, just to help support the show, just so it could keep going the way that it is. I'm not a sponsored potter yet. I don't have any deals yet. So the merchandise is just the best way um, for you guys to help support the podcast, keep it going the way that it is. Um, You know, again, I understand everyone's financial situations are different. I'm only asking for the support if you can. Um, you know, I, cause I, again, I understand everybody's pockets ain't like that. I'm not trying to force it on you. Um, but it would be very, very, very helpful, um, to the progression of the show. If you guys do support the merch, um, and I truly, truly, truly do appreciate every single person who has purchased some merchandise from me. I truly, truly do. And with all of that being said, We are going to have a great, 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 great show today. Fully, fully, fully packed. There's a lot of things to talk about today. And I am in an amazing mood. I'm in a tremendous mood. And I am ready to go. So let's get it. I am in a very, very, very good mood. Today's intro was an amazing, amazing, amazing song by an amazing artist and it is called all gold everything by trinidad james off of the album don't be safe and yo a song like this to me at least just goes to show you how fast time flies yo you've been hearing that shit your whole life time flies when you're having fun Time flies. You're going to you're going to wish you was a young man all over again. People telling you that shit when you're 16 years old, when you're 17 years old, when you're 18, 19. Right. You just thinking like, oh, whatever. Like, you know, shut up, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But like literally now I'm at the age in my late 20s where like, yo, that shit is true as hell because I heard this shit. I heard the song and I knew I was going to play it today and I thought about it and I was like, yo, this song. All Gold Everything came out in 2012. 2012, bro. And it's 2021 and 2022 is right next door. And it's just like, yo, time truly freaking flies, dog. Time flies. If it, it and I don't want to sound like exaggerating, but it feels like yesterday. When this song came out, it feels like yesterday when this shit came out, yo. And just to see like how fast it's like been, it's just to see how fast the time has gone since the time that this song has come out is crazy. Like in 2012, think about how many things were different. Think about how social media was. Think about how you were, you know, maybe fresh out of high school or in high school Think about like how you're, you know, how you used to use technology, how much technology has changed, how much the world has changed. It's just crazy, dog. It's just crazy. Shout out to Trinidad James, dog. Shout out to Trinidad James, yo, because this shit's still hard. Like when I heard the shit, I was like, you know, looking for the song to play for today. And I heard this shit and I was like, yo, this shit still goes. This shit is still fire. Shout out to Trinidad James, dog. Like. Big love to Trinidad James. A great song. A great moment in time. I remember everybody in the street was going out saying, Pop the Molly, I'm sweating. Whoo! Pop the Molly, I'm sweating. Whoo! Like that was like 
it feels like yesterday. I remember exactly. Like, I remember it exactly, yo. Like, man, it's just it's just a great it's just a great time capsule type song just to remind you of where you were at the time. Um but that shit is crazy, dog. Like time really flies. Shout out to Trinidad James, man. Great song. Great way to start the show. And also, I chose this song in part because of I want to talk about another person from Trinidad later on in the show. So Trinidad James started it off, and I want to talk about another person from Trinidad later on in the show. So it all worked together good. And again, shout out to the guy Trinidad James for that great song. Now it is time for my favorite, 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 favorite segment of the podcast. It is called Bronx Facts. For those of you guys who do not know, or maybe it's your first time listening to the show, Bronx Facts is the segment I like to do at the beginning of each show, just to give one fact about the Bronx, New York, that people may not know, that people may have never heard before, just to try and show how many great things, how many great ideas, and how many great people come from the Bronx, New York. So, without any further ado, your Bronx fact for today is the Tour de Bronx is an initiative established in 1994 by the Bronx Tourism Council. This event began as a fun way to encourage healthier lifestyles, to promote cycling as an eco-friendly transportation alternative, and to showcase the borough's beauty. In 2018, more than 10,000 cyclists participated in the Tour de Bronx, officially making it the largest cycling event in New York State. And that is your Bronx Fact for episode number 74 damn son where'd you find this all right so we're getting right to the shits today our top topic this week is certified lover boy the latest album by hip-hop superstar drake and last week you know i did about 40 minutes or so on kanye's album donda so it would only be fair to give drake some time and talk about his project uh, his latest album, because he is at the point where he, when he drops music, the world stops. He's at that level of superstardom. So first, before we even talk about the album, I have to make this clear. In my opinion, Drake cannot make bad music. I think that Drake is at a level of his artistry or in his artistry where he cannot make bad songs. He cannot make bad music i think it would be sort of impossible at this point in time he's too talented in my opinion to make bad songs right but when you're an artist on this level we compare you to you when you have made the amount of hits and sold as many records and made as much money and been as culturally relevant as drake has been you become the standard to where we compare you to you the same way we compare other other artists to you right so we're always going to be looking when we listen to new drake music and comparing it to whatever your favorite drake album is my personal favorite of drake is if you're reading this is too late um and a close second place is nothing was the same 
So when I listen to new Drake in the back of my mind, I'm always going to be comparing it to his best body of work. In my opinion, it's like, and, and this happens across all genres. If you think about, let's say Michael Jordan, when he played for the Washington wizards, the name on the back was still Jordan. The 23 was still on the back, but when you watched him play ball, it wasn't the same as when he played for the Chicago Bulls. That's the point. We always are going to compare you to you when you are the standard, when you are the person that everyone is aspiring to become, and when you reach the level of success that few reach. So when you come out with new bodies of work, we're always going to be thinking about your past bodies of work and how does it measure up. It's just the way it is. When we think about Jay-Z, Jay-Z comes out 444 was his last solo album. We always are going to maybe even unconsciously compare it to what? Reasonable Doubt, Volume 2, Hard Knock Life, Blueprint 1. That's just how it's going to be because of the standard that he has set for himself and the standard of song quality and song making and lyrics that he has set for himself. Is it fair all the time? No, but that's the game. That's the game. When you get to A list status, A plus list status, there's always going to be more critics than lovers. It's just the way it is, right? It's just the way that it is. So I always, I just want to make sure I say that first before we talk about anything else on the project or the project itself. When you get to the level of success that Drake is at, we're always going to be comparing you to you. It's you versus you. It's a great money bag yo song, me versus me, right? So when I listen to this project, unconsciously, I'm going to say, okay, is this better than if you're reading this is too late? Is it better than nothing was the same? Is it better than so far gone? Is it better than take care? And so it's sort of not fair because... 2021 Drake is different than 2015 Drake, different than 2013 Drake, different than 2008 Drake. But that's just what we do, right? So let's get into the project. Certified Lover Boy. In 2020, the pandemic sort of stopped everything in his tracks. So most musicians smartly decided that the real heat rock that they got, they're going to keep it on the t- on this on, in the tuck. They're going to keep it to themselves and not release it until COVID restrictions lighten. Because when you drop an album, you not not only want it to stream, you want to be able to tour. You want to be able to go around the country, sell out venues, make money off your music. More money than you get from the label. Drake is at a point where he's getting paid to go on tour. I'm sure his tours, that boy is bringing in more than six figures each show. I guarantee it. So... You wouldn't want to put out your heat rock when you can't tour it. You don't want to put out your heat rock when you can't really freely go to radio stations and do interviews and really roll out your album because it would be sort of impossible to do it last year. Makes sense. So to, I guess, pacify us, he puts out Dark Lane demo tapes, which was just that. A series of old, maybe old records that they jazzed up or old joints in the hard drive, or even throwaways off Certified Lover Boy. fuck it, let's just put it out, right? Let's just get some money off of this shit. He did actually did it with Care Package, what was that, 2019, 2018? He did the same sort of thing. Bunch of old songs, let's just put it out and st- have it stream, let's make some money off of it. Makes sense. So when 2021 comes, 
Now we're like, okay, we're going to get the real deal Drake shit. We're going to get the, you know, the real shit that he's been working on, that he's been putting in. You know, he's had a very interesting last three years from Scorpion to now. Right. This is when we're going to hear all the real shit. How do they start it off with a bang? In my opinion, at least laugh now, cry later comes out. Supposed to be the lead single off certified lover boy featuring little Dirk. And it's a great song. I really enjoy that song. I love that song. Then the video comes out and they do a fucking Martin Scorsese job with the video. Right. I think the video is great. They had Drake dressed up as an NBA draft player. Like he was dressed up to look like LeBron James when he got drafted in 2003. He also had a scene with Kevin Durant was dunking on him. He was playing football. He did a funny skit with Drewski where he was crying. Like it was a great video. And Drake is a great actor. Like, you know, people don't forget he's been doing such great music for so long. Drake started on Degrassi. Like he's an actor. So he knows how to make fun interesting videos he knows how to make good content um because he comes from that world he knows how to tap into that so now in my head i'm saying okay drake is coming for niggas next whether it's i'm gonna just bar you to death or i'm gonna make a great hit you to death or i'm gonna do sing rap shit you to death melody you to death whatever he's gonna do on this shit he's gonna do it extremely well and i'm just saying that off of one song and one video that's how i'm thinking because drake again like to say it again he don't make bad music he does not so i'm thinking okay boom this shit about to be fire so initially the album is supposed to come out in january of 2021 but then I think that he had like suffered an injury, either like he hurt himself, like he tore his ACL or something like that. He really hurt himself. So he pushed back the album. The next date was supposed to be somewhere in April. Pushed it back again. And finally, we get it at the end of August. So when I'm when I'm thinking about Drake in a when I think about Drake, period. The thing that Drake is really good at, he's sort of like, if you guys are familiar with comic books, he's sort of like Taskmaster, or he's sort of like Rogue from the X-Men. They, Both of those characters, Taskmaster and Rogue, can mimic the abilities of others, right? So Rogue, if she touched you, she can assume your abilities, your powers. That was her gift. Taskmaster is the same way in, in Marvel as well. They can mimic your abilities. They can mimic your strengths and sort of do what you do. So Drake has the the uncanny ability to just whatever is popping right now, whatever is the hot song right now, whoever is the hot artist right now, whoever is doing something different in music that's really bubbling, he can co-opt it and do it sort of better than whomever is doing it right now. He's done that for his entire career. When Migos comes out and Migos starts bubbling, who's on the song with them? Drake, Versace. When Lil Baby and Gunna come out and start bubbling, who gets on the song with them? Drake. When Block Boy JB even, you know, has the shoot dance, has the song called Look Alive, who's on the song? Drake. When Afro Beats is really popping, we love artists like Burna Boy. Who makes a song inspired by that shit? Who has WizKid on his album? 
Drake, right? Who can co-op reggae and incorporate it into his songs like he was from the West Indies somewhere? Drake. Drake has that unbelievable ability to take whatever is going on right now and bubbling and literally co-op the shit like he was one of the innovators of it. That's an unbelievable ability by Drake to do. That's like his superpower. Like <laughs> whatever shit comes out, if I'm just making it up, if uh, uh, using jazz becomes the new wave and where you fucking sampling Miles Davis and, and Coltrane and shit, right? Drake, I guarantee you, will make a song with that shit and make it sound the best. That's his just superpower. So knowing all of that, knowing the way that music sounds now, and knowing that Drake has also helped foster the current sound of music, an album like Certified Loverboy, I'm thinking is going to be off the fucking charts. So when I listen to the album, and I, I listened to it about five times just so I could really get the grasp of it. You know, Drake had an album called Nothing Was The Same. And to me, Certified Loverboy is more of the same. It's more of the same. It's the same vibe. It's the same. It's the same scheme. It's the same style. It's the same everything. If you switch the title of this album and called it Scorpion, and you called the album previously to this Certified Lover Boy, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference, in my opinion. I think that this album is very, very similar in a lot of ways to his previous album. I really believe that. I think that this album is... I'm not going to call it mid. I'm not going to call it trash either. But it's really a, a, a lot of the same that we've previously heard. Um, I don't think that there's no real discerning differences from Scorpion to this. Um, you know, I, I, I listened to it over and over again. And I just, I didn't really love it. It's good. Now, again, like I said in the beginning, I'm going to keep saying it. Drake cannot make bad music. He's too talented of an artist. He he cannot make bad songs. It's just that when you're at his level, again, the expectations are sometimes it's unfair, but the expectations of you are always heightened. You have to top what you've done previously. You have to top what you've done previously. You have to keep doing that. And because Drake is, has that uncanny ability to always transform himself into what is current, I always just give him the benefit of the doubt. Scorpion came out. It was a double disc album and it was good. It wasn't his best, but it wasn't his worst. It was good. Um, and I just think that this song, this, not this song, this album, it just left me a little more to be desired. Um, it is 21 songs. And out of the 21 songs, the amount of songs that I liked and I decided to keep in my library I only decided to keep uh, 13, 13 out of 21, which is not a bad rate, but still, it's like, this is Drake. Um, the first song, though, his intro, Champagne Poetry, I love. I love Champagne Poetry. And he always makes sure he has a great intro. Like, he does that really well. He always intros his albums very well. Um... He did that with Tuscan Leather on, if you're reading this, is, I mean, on, uh, on Nothing Was The Same, Tuscan Leather. He did Legend on 
if you're reading this is too late like he always can come in with a great intro track to set the vibe for his album and i i'm thinking like after i'm hearing champagne poetry i'm like damn this shit about to go crazy and the the rest it was it was a little underwhelming for my taste just to just to be 100 honest i'm a really big fan of drake this got nothing to do with the Kanye shit because they beefing right now. I am a Kanye stan, but this really don't got nothing to do with it. Again, I believe, like I said last week, we have really been robbed as fans to not have Kanye and Drake collaborate on more songs, on more music, to not design things together, to not be in business together. We have been robbed. And again, it's, you know, whatever. It's a sports competitive. So you're going to pick your team. You're going to pick your side. If you're on Team Drake or Team Kanye, whatever. It's going to help them sell records regardless. But, you know, man, I just, I just really wasn't blown away with it. I really wasn't. Um, this, I'm just going to go through the songs that I did like. Champagne Poetry, I loved, absolutely loved. Fair Trade featuring Travis Scott, I liked. TSU I liked, Into Deep I liked, Pipe Down I liked, No Friends in the Industry I liked, Knife Talk featuring 21 Savage and Project Pat I liked, 7am on the Bridal Path I liked, and you know, when he gets them timestamp songs, you know he get in his bag. I also like uh, Get Along Better with Ty Dolla Sign, You Only Live Twice with Lil Wayne and Kid Cudi, I Miss You Too featuring Kid Cudi and The Remorse. Those are the songs, the standouts for me on the album. But I had a few questions. Why wasn't Laugh Now and Cry Later included on this album? And also, another reason why this album underwhelms me so much is remember, before this album came out, Scary Hours 2 dropped. Scary Hours 2 dropped. Three-song EP. It was What's Next, Wants and Needs featuring Little Baby, and the Lemon Pepper Freestyle featuring Rick Ross. And then before that, the B.B. King Freestyle, which was on Lil Wayne's mixtape, No Ceilings 3. And Seeing Green, which was a new song that Nicki Minaj put out on an old mixtape, Be Me Up Scotty. I'm thinking Drake is right now, he, he ready. He ready. He been ready. He's just been waiting. And when I hear Certified Loverboy, it's just like, I, I didn't get that. If you listen to the Lemon Pepper Freestyle, my man's was, in my opinion, going in. And Drake always been nice with the bars, in my opinion. Always. My boy was going in on the Lemon Pepper Freestyle. In. On the BB King Freestyle. In. Locked in. And this just sounds like more of the same. It sounds like more of the same. And, you know, like the way too sexy song, I hate. I absolutely hate it. The video was funny. I, I laughed at the video. It was funny. And again, he's talented. He's a very entertaining, talented person. Had a background in acting. He's going to make a great video. But I don't like that song. Because I think that he's way past the point of just trying to make a commercial song. I mean, again, and, and I don't know. I, I don't know what his music mentality is. I, I don't make music, so I'm definitely not even really qualified to talk about his process. I'm just giving my opinion. 
I really don't like that song. I really don't like the song. Um, Girls Like Girls featuring Little Baby, I did not like. In the Bible featuring Giveon and Lil Durk, I did not like, but I love that Lil Durk verse. That Lil Durk verse on In the Bible was good. I liked it. Love All featuring Jay-Z, I did not like. And that's Jay-Z on it. And et cetera. There's more songs that I just, I didn't connect with, I didn't love. And... You know, I guess it's kind of, he's sort of a victim of his own success, which is which is really stupid to say. It's it's really stupid concept. Like we're looking at your music differently because you have been so successful, even though it's really hard to be successful in the music industry. And I don't know. I just overall, I just did not like this album as much as his other works. It's not a bad album. It's just not what the 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 way that he was previewing it and sort of getting us ready for it making us wait for it and then this was the the result it was not it just didn't fit it's like if Kanye do a three listening parties in football stadiums when the album come out you expected it to be good because of what you've done nigga you sold out three football stadiums you're gonna put out trash I doubt it if you sold out three football stadiums and then put out Jesus is King instead of Donda, we'd be like, all right, bro, you bugging the fuck out. This shit is trash. And I just think that the way that he previewed it and had us anticipate it is just, it just, it just didn't hit for me. It just didn't hit for me. It didn't hit. And I think the biggest difference between Drake and Kanye, and again, I do not support their beef. I think it's stupid. And I think that we all have been robbed as fans of music. Um, that they do not work together. But I think one of the biggest differences between Drake and Kanye is Kanye can do everything that Drake can, in my opinion, in my opinion. He can do everything that Drake can. If Kanye wanted to make a concept album about falling in love and chicks breaking his heart, he could. Actually, he did. It was called 808s and Heartbreak. Hello. But Drake cannot do everything that Kanye can. And I'm saying that because Kanye will have a rollout like the Donda rollout. And then the album comes out. We hear all the songs and the album is still good to me. We don't hear nothing from Drake. We hear Scary Hours 2 and we hear his features where he's going in. We hear a promotional single. And then the album comes out and it don't hit the same. And I think that's the biggest difference. Kanye can do everything that Drake can. He can rap really well he can sing he can play with melodies he can produce his ass off but drake can't do everything that kanye can and i think that's the biggest difference between the two i think that's the biggest difference between the two um but certified lover boy yeah I, if i have to give it a rating which i will certified lover boy is a i would give it a seven out of ten. Seven out of ten um I, again, I'm a really big fan of Drake. I really enjoy his music. I think he's extremely talented. I think he's one of the rarest types of musicians ever with the ability to take whatever the current sound is and make it his sound. I think that is super hard to do. Could you imagine an artist like Nas coming on and doing an album like Drake? You know, like Nas is an elite bar penman lyricist but he doesn't have the ability to take 
the melodic new wave of making music and make it a good album. Nas is just going to do Nas. And that's what's sort of dope about him. You don't expect Nas to sound like Lil Durk. You don't expect Nas to try to sound like Lil Baby. You don't expect that. But Drake can do that. And, I, you know, that's what that's his like extreme gift. And I just think that this album had the potential to really just, you know, make him go like, I don't know. I just think that this album had the potential to be way better than it ended up becoming. And I know that we said the same thing about views and it aged really well, but I don't think that this album is going to age that well. I just don't. I, I don't think that. Um, but yeah, it, it, in my opinion, in my opinion, again, I think that this is a seven out of 10. Drake has become sort of a victim of his own success. And of course, it's going to do well commercially. It's just I just don't think that this was what he should have finished on. Right. If you delayed the album for so long and you gave us snippets of what we thought you were cooking up. If we never heard, I think if we never heard Laugh Now and Cry Later, if we never heard the Scary Hours 2 EP and he replaced four of the songs on this album and put those four on in its place, I think that we will be talking about this album completely differently. That's my opinion. And I just think that he could have done a lot better. Um, it's not bad music, but... It's just, it's just, he's a victim of his own success and it's more of the same. If you took, if you blindfolded someone who had never heard of Drake and you played him Scorpion and you played him Certified Lover Boy, they would think it was two of the exact same albums, in my opinion. And that's all I got. I love Drake. I think he's extremely talented. I do not give a fuck about this stupid ass beef at all. I just think that this music could have been much better. This album could have been much better. And it's kind of, it's really hard to continue the trajectory that you're on. You know, when you are a rocket ship like Drake has been, it's it's kind of hard to keep ascending. It's really hard. So it's sort of to be expected. Um, you know, Jay-Z is extremely rare. And even we can look at some of his albums and call them not to his level. You know, a lot of people didn't love Kingdom Come. People didn't love American Gangster. They didn't love them universally, but still good projects. That's what I'm saying. Like, so, you know, to avoid rambling further, Certified Lover Boy, 7 out of 10. That's all I got. I still love Drake. And, uh, you know, that's that's just my opinion on it. Let me know what you guys think. If you guys listen to Certified Lover Boy enough times to have a real opinion, hit me. Twitter, Instagram. Tell me what you think. Tell me if I'm bugging out. Tell me if, you know, my Kanye standness is clouding my judgment. Let me know. Like, keep it real. What do you guys really, really think about Certified Lover Boy? In my opinion, it is a 7 out of 10. Drake? <laughs> Drake? And so, moving right along, you guys can follow me and hit me up on Instagram and Twitter at Rogers Neighborhood. Instagram is R-O-D-G-E-R-S. N-E-I-G-H-B-O-R-H-O-O-D. Twitter is the exact same, except there are no vowels in neighborhood on Twitter. And I'm saying this and repeating it for the one millionth time because 
ask you guys weekly to send in comments, questions, concerns, feedback, constructive criticism, whatever you have for me. And you guys never let me down. I truly, truly appreciate you guys. So what I would like to do is answer some of the questions that I have received here. The first question I have says, (laughs) what part of a kid's movie completely scarred you for life? Now, that's a good question. That's a good question. What part of a kid's movie has completely scarred you for life easily for me. I don't know how you guys feel about, you know, your favorite kids movies. Everyone has their favorites. Um, But one of my favorite children's movies is The Lion King, the original Lion King. And the part in the movie where Scar sets up the stampede, traps Simba down there and tells Mufasa that Simba's trapped in the stampede, leading to Mufasa's death. Oh my God, that shit scarred me so bad. And at the time, I was very young when that shit came out. I don't remember how old I was. Definitely not old enough to be cussing. I remember it was the first time. I didn't say it out loud because I would never cuss in front of my parents, especially as a child. But like in my head, it was the first time where I can remember thinking cusses. Like in my head when Mufasa was dead and Simba was trying to sit and like, wake up, wake up. In my head, I was like, fuck you, Scar. Fuck you. Like <laughs> Just completely like devastated that that shit happened in the movie and i still think about that shit to this day you can't trust nobody because scar got mufasa killed my g you think you could trust these niggas out here you think that they're your family and they end up getting you got just like scar did mufasa lion king is one of the first movies that gave me trust issues (laughs) lion king is one of the first movies that gave me trust issues fam that shit was crazy yo but that's one of the best children's movies ever, The Lion King. One of the best. And then Simba was so guilty, like fucking left Pride Rock. And then he met Timon and Pumbaa. And then he had to realize that he had to come back. Like, it was a great movie. But yeah, that was one of the children's movies that really scarred me. When Scar and The Lion King set Mufasa up to be killed. Oh, man. Oh, man. That just let me know you can't trust nobody out here, fam. You just can't. You can't trust nobody. (laughs) Thank you for the question. That was a great question. The next question I have says, what is the most embarrassing thing that you have ever worn? Okay, so this is a quick story. Hopefully I could be quick with it. When I was in the sixth grade in middle school, One of the little Spirit Week events that they had, I don't know if you guys had that in your school, Spirit Week was basically a week where you just dress in different outfits that fit a theme. So they had Twin Day, they had Pajama Day, Cartoon Day, you know, Black and White Day, etc. You have different days where you wear different shit. So in my middle school, one of the days they had was Dress for Success Day. So basically you just show up to school in like your best suit or your best business-esque attire, right? So I remember it like yesterday. I was in the sixth grade. I remember this shit like yesterday. Wrestling, which was one of my favorite things to watch as a kid, used to come on on Thursdays. Used to be Thursday night SmackDown. And so when it was on, it was just like that was the only thing I cared about. I didn't care about the the video games. I didn't care about nothing. I just wanted to watch wrestling on TV. Used to come on UPN. This is how old I am. (laughs) UP fucking N. Thursday night SmackDown, right? So Dress for Success Day was on a Friday. So that's why I'm saying it. 
And my mom comes out and she's like, okay, I know it's dress for success day tomorrow. What do you want to wear? And because I'm so locked into watching wrestling, I just told her like, whatever you pick is fine. Like, please just, I want to watch this. Like, leave me alone, blah, blah, blah. I'm just, I just don't want to be disturbed. Like, I just want to watch the fucking wrestling. I just want to watch that. Like, that's all I care about. So my mom, I don't know if she did it on purpose or not. I don't think she did. But she picks out an outfit that I don't see because I'm so locked into watching wrestling. And when wrestling goes off, it was like, what, like 10 o'clock. So I went to sleep. I had to go to school the next day. So the next day I wake up in the morning and my mom picks out this outfit for me for Dress for Success Day. It was a beige turtleneck. A beige turtleneck. It was sort of like a beige corduroy type turtleneck, the corduroy material with beige corduroy pants and black shoes. And so when I wake up in the morning, I take my shower and brush my teeth and everything about to get dressed. I look and I say, what is this? And she says, oh, this is the clothes that you're going to wear today. And I'm like, what? Like, this is the clothes? And she said, yes, because yesterday I asked you what you wanted to wear and you said pick it and I picked it. I'm not taking out nothing else for you. I'm not ironing nothing else for you. This is what you're going to wear. And I cried the entire morning, screamed and cried to try to not make me wear that. I said, Ma, you can't have me wear this. This is crazy. Crying, crying my eyes out. She would not budge. Right. She would not budge you wearing this. So here I go to school in a beige corduroy material type turtleneck with beige corduroy pants and black shoes. One of the worst outfits I've ever worn in my life. That's another memory from childhood that scarred me for life. <laughs> we just bringing up our childhood traumas seeing Mufasa get killed and this outfit that that mom that my mom picked out for me in the sixth grade for dress for success day terrible and then of course you know when you get to school kids roasted each other I don't know how they do now I know like you know it's a much more sensitive time and a lot of kids get bullied and it leads them to harm themselves so we kind of want to phase that out you know you don't want the kids harming themselves because Kids are out here bullying them or saying nasty things to them, making them have low self-esteem. Like, I understand it. But when I was in school, we roast each other. That was just what we did. So, man, I got my ass cut that day. Oh, it was a rough day. It was a rough day. <laughs> it was a rough day for me. They were saying I looked like I was out of the 70s. They was like, where's my disco ball? They were saying that I belonged in uh, Greece. Like, oh man, I, I was I got my ass cut that day. That was a rough day for me. That was a well. Thank you for making me relive two harsh memories from my childhood. I appreciate that, guys. I truly do. Sarcasm is definitely implied here. Yes, but that is that is definitely my most embarrassing outfit ever: beige turtle, beige corduroy turtleneck with beige corduroy pants and black shoes. Terrible outfit. Terrible. Terrible. One of the worst. And the last question that I have for you guys for today is, what sport would be the funniest to add a mandatory amount of alcohol to? Now, that's a good question. Sports, though, is very dangerous. 
So I'm not going to say like football. I'm not going to say like baseball or hockey or, you know, any sport like that where you can really get hurt. Because if you're drunk and you're playing football and you're running across the middle and safety, free safety comes over a linebacker, take your fucking head off. That's not fun. Or if you're playing baseball and you're drunk, get hit in the head with a hundred mile an hour fastball. That's not fun. So I, I don't won't even put those dangerous types of sports in there. I would say probably like basketball. I think it would be really funny to try to watch somebody play basketball drunk. Like, I think that would be really funny. Or even bowling. You know, how many times have you gone to the bowling alley, knocked back mad drinks, and then tried to bowl? Like, I think those would be the funniest. So that's my answer. No, no sport where you could really get hurt playing, even though if you dropped a bowling ball on your foot, I'm sure that wouldn't be fun. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think that the best sports to add a mandatory amount of alcohol to would be bowling and basketball and those are my answers so thank you thank you thank you thank you so much guys for the questions i really appreciate it i really appreciate you guys listening i really appreciate the support i really appreciate the engagement i really appreciate talking to you guys and uh, I, I i look forward to answering more and more and more and more and more of you guys' questions please don't be shy send them in i will not ignore you um, and I really enjoy this part of the show. Um, and uh, thank you guys so much once again. And uh, keep them coming, man. Keep them coming. I look forward to answering more and more and more and more of you guys' questions. Thank you guys so much. Next on the docket, let's talk about the reason why I chose to play Trinidad James to open our podcast with today. I would like to discuss another fantastic artist from the island of Trinidad and Tobago who really has made a lot of news over the last week and change, and none of it is for good measure. We need to discuss Nicki Minaj and the tale of her cousin's friend's balls, which have apparently expanded due to the COVID-19 vaccine. I hate to say it. I hope I don't sound ridiculous. I don't know who this man is. I mean, he could be walking down the street. I I wouldn't know a thing. Sorry to this man. Sorry to this man indeed. Sorry to this man indeed. So I'm going to read you an article first from GQ that explains this entire fiasco of probably one of the most bizarre stories that we have heard so far in 2021. This article was written on September 16, 2021. The headline reads, Nicki Minaj's cousin's friend's balls explained. (laughs) Nicki Minaj was not one of the many megastars attending the 2021 Met Gala. She dominated the evening's discourse with a series of tweets related to the COVID-19 vaccine. She says, quote, they want you to get vaccinated for the Met. If I get vaccinated, it won't be for the Met. It'll be once I feel I've done enough research and I'm working on that now. Minaj wrote in a 5.21 p.m. tweet timed perfectly to capture attention just before the gala got underway. In the meantime, my loves, be safe. Wear the mask with two strings that grips your head and face, not that loose one. Minaj quickly followed this with an anecdote about her cousin's friend in Trinidad, who she claims received the vaccine and became impotent his testicles became swollen his friend was weeks away from getting married 
And now the girl called off the wedding, she wrote. So just pray on it and make sure you're comfortable with your decision and not bullied. At 4.11 p.m., she began her spree by responding to a tweet about her lack of public appearances in the last year, saying that having an infant with no nanny during COVID has made her hesitant to go out. Minaj has been very private about her child, who was born on September 30th, 2020. In January, she shared photos of her baby on Instagram and wrote that motherhood has been the most fulfilling job she has ever taken on. Minaj eventually shared a poll asking people on Twitter whether they had taken the vaccine. As of this piece's publication, more than 340,000 people have voted, with nearly two-thirds saying that they took the vaccine, while a little over 10% voted other, possibly implying that they have not been vaccinated. After her initial tweets went viral, Minaj continued to respond to people online and explain her stance. But much of the ire drawn by Minaj came from the anecdote about her cousin's friend in Trinidad. One of the biggest conspiracy theories spread around the COVID-19 vaccine is that it impacts fertility, an assertion that the CDC has made clear lacks any proof. Trinidad and Tobago's health minister was eventually forced to issue a statement saying that there are no, no known cases in the country of side effects from the COVID vaccine affecting anyone's testicles. Predictably, Fox News has seized on this story as an opportunity to push their own narratives and agendas, falsely citing the backlash to Minaj's initial tweets as censorship. Minaj, regrettably, posted a clip of Tucker Carlson defending her favorably and has since pushed back on the idea that Carlson is not someone she should associate with or commend in any way. She also implied that the White House reached out to her, which many people met with skepticism, prompting Nikki to go on Instagram Live to back up her claims and speak on the controversy as a whole. She also took to her Instagram stories to allege that she has since been placed in Twitter jail. It is unclear if she has actually been locked out of her Twitter account at the present time. Meanwhile, media coverage of the story in Trinidad has not been favorable, as Carlson's report. Minaj stoked the flames of the world's ongoing conversation around COVID-19 vaccines and continues to be bullish about the backlash her comments inspired. As she mentioned, though, the eventual prospect of a tour for her fifth album means she will likely end up getting the shot. <laughs> now, before we start on Nikki and all the bullshit that she did, I just have to get something off of my chest. Like, this is just something that I've observed with the current state in society. People love to argue. That's just a thing that I've seen come to come to fruition. People love to argue. It doesn't matter what you're talking about. It doesn't matter what the topic is. If there is some point to be said, there is someone out there who wants to argue the other side for no other reason than they want to argue the other side. In my opinion, this shit about the shot is the easiest thing in the world to me. If you're a person out there who believes that this shit is going to help you and keep you safe from the virus, get the shit. 
If you're a person out there who just wants to socialize with your friends, go to clubs, go to bars, go to museums and restaurants and indoor things like shows and movies, get the shit. If you're a person out there who is an essential worker, you work in the healthcare field, you're a paramedic, you're a fireman, you're a cop, get the shit, right? And on the other side, if you're a person who doesn't believe that this shit is good for you, right? If you're a person on the other side who believes this shit is a government conspiracy, if you're a person on the other side who believes that this shit is unnecessary, don't get the shit and shut the fuck up about it. If you're someone who got a vaccine, shut the fuck up about it. If you're someone who did not get a vaccine, shut the fuck up about it. Why does your personal choice have to be a referendum on society either way? You made a decision whether to get a shot or to not get a shot. Why does your opinion have to be broadcast news for and, and fodder for niggas to argue on Twitter? I don't understand it. If you believe that this shit is poison, that's your belief and you have every right to believe that. Why does that then need to be on social media, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram? Why? Like, why? You already have established in your mind that you don't want the shit. So why do you need to talk about it? And on the flip side, if you did go out and get the shit and you believe that it helps you or you just want the ability to move around freely like you used to be. Why does that need to be on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, etc.? Like, why? Shutting the fuck up as a concept is so underrated to me. Just the, just the idea of, like, doing something and being quiet about it. We don't need to know what your think pieces are. We don't care what your think pieces are. You're going to make the best decision for yourself regardless. Regardless. So if you weren't going to get the shit, you posting on Instagram about it, how many minds do you think that you're going to change? I just I just think that this is the dumbest shit ever. Let's argue about sports. Let's argue about music. Let's argue about fashion or whatever. But like when this shit comes to personal choices in terms of medical procedures or medical endeavors, everyone and their mama think they a fucking scientist and nobody got a degree. Again, I'm going to repeat myself. If you are a person on the side of vaccinating, you want to get the shot because you think it keeps you safe or you, you are an essential worker or you're just somebody who wants to resume socializing the way you used to get the fucking shit. If you're someone on the other side, you don't believe this shit is positive. You think this shit has adverse effects or you think it's a government conspiracy and that this shit is not helpful to you at all. Don't get the shit. But in both situations, shutting the fuck up about it is appropriate. That's my opinion. I am so sick and tired of getting on Twitter, getting on the gram and seeing people argue their side of the fence. You're going to do what you want to do anyway. So just do it and shut 
the fuck up about it. That's my advice to the general population. I'm not saying that your opinion is invalid. I'm not saying that you're not entitled to having an opinion. I'm not trying to tell you what you should and should not post on your social media accounts. I'm just saying you already have your mind made up. You are already done the research that you have wanted to do on this matter. You know what you want to put in your body and what you don't want to put in your body. Why does it need to be every on everybody else's accounts now because you shared it? What you think about this shit? How about just keep it to your fucking self? How about that? How about just shut up about it? Like, like we care, like what you want to do with yourself. You don't want to get vaccinated. Do you think that I care? Do you think that I care? You do want to get vaccinated. Do you think that I care? I don't care about what you want to do with yourself. I, I, I don't care, dog. It's just, it's so ridiculous to me. We're literally a culture of people who just live to argue with each other. You can say anything and put it on Twitter. Somebody's going to want to argue with you about it. The sky is blue. There's going to be someone who wants to argue with you about the sky is not blue. The sky is red, right? You like Marvel comic books. There's going to be someone on Twitter who wants to argue that DC comic books are better. You like, you know, uh, uh, grape soda. There's going to be someone on, Inst- on Instagram or Twitter to argue that orange soda is better. Like, it's just really annoying. Is it, that's just my opinion. Again, this is all my opinion. This shit is just really annoying. It's like annoying to me. You're going to do what you want to do. So just do it and be quiet about it. Just do it and be quiet about it. Like it, it doesn't need to be public fodder because you won more than most likely the majority of people who have these opinions on Twitter are not medical professionals so what you have to say about it one way or the other is inconsequential you're not a medical professional you did not go to medical school the average person listening to my podcast is not a doctor i'm pretty damn sure about it you're not a doctor you're not an epidemiologist you don't work for the centers for disease control you know are not affiliated with the world health organization you have no stake to talk about this shit so if you're gonna make a decision for yourself and your family make the fucking decision and shut up just shut up everybody want to just run they fucking mouth shut up dog because now in nikki's case and back to her because she just couldn't be quiet for a decision that she already knew that she was going to do. She said she has a kid. She's unsure because the kids can't receive the shit yet. Or I think they can now. But when the article was written, it said that she was unsure because the kids couldn't get the shit yet. She wants to protect her kid. She doesn't know. She hasn't done enough research. That's the end right there. That's the end of it right there. Why do you need to go on Twitter now put up a poll now have people voting on it. Now saying that, oh, niggas' balls is getting swollen. Why? Like, why? That's more trouble for you now. 
Because now niggas is just because niggas live to argue with niggas on Twitter. Now niggas is going to make your shit go viral. Now you may be subject to getting your account blocked, being in quote unquote Twitter jail. It just more problems for you. And I'm not going to even talk about the other shit that Nicki Minaj got going on right now with her husband. I, I am not discussing that shit on this podcast. I have no desire to do that. Allegedly is a heinous act. I have no desire to discuss that. None whatsoever. So I'm going to leave that shit alone. But it's like you kind of opened yourself up now to more criticism. You posted negative shit about the vaccine. You posted maybe false shit about side effects from the vaccine that the fucking head doctor of your homeland had to discuss. Now you have other issues that are in the news involving your significant other that, again, I'm not discussing. You just made a whole bunch of things worse for yourself because you literally could not shut the fuck up. Again, shutting the fuck up is so underrated. It is so underrated. There is so much wisdom in just deciding not to speak. Nicki Minaj didn't want to go to the Met Gala. I'm sure she would have, if, if she did want to go, she would have been invited. I'm sure she would have had a very nice outfit. She decided not to go. She wants to take, keep taking care of her kid. She can't get a nanny. That's the end of the story. Nobody needs to know about your cousin's friend who took the shit, was about to get married, have his testicles swell up, can't nut now, or is impotent, can't get it up. And now, like, now you posting polls, now you saying, oh, there's shit in it. Now, it's just too much. It's too much. It's too much. We're too old to be on these internets arguing like little ass kids, bro. And that's my opinion. And plus, also, if I'm Nicki Minaj's quote unquote cousin's friend, I'm tight because you didn't put all my business in the street now. You didn't put all my business in the street. I'm sure Nicki Minaj's cousin's friend seen that she posted the shit on it on Twitter and was literally sitting in this house like, Help me. Help me. Nigga. Help me. I don't know, man. I just think this shit is real stupid, to be honest. I just think it's real stupid. If you're going to do what you want to do anyway. We're all adults here. Right. We're all adults. We're not kids where our parents have to make the decisions for us. We're adults. Make your decision and be quiet. That's all I got on it. Like, really, just however you align on your side of the fence. I'm a big opponent proponent of personal choice. If you want to get this shit for whatever reason, get it. If you don't want to get this shit for whatever reason, don't get it. But in both cases, shut the fuck up up about it that's it just shut the fuck up about it please for everybody's sake for everybody's sake shut the fuck up about it man please dog like come on man come on this shit is is really ridiculous but niggas just live to argue with each other that's just that's just something that i i have come to the conclusion with seeing how people interact like Niggas just live to argue with each other. That's just the way it is. Like, I remember I posted some shit on Twitter about LeBron. I think it was last year. Last year um, when the NBA was in the bubble. And I posted some shit about LeBron. It was like his stats. Like, 
you know, uh, 17 time all star, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, congratulating him on making the finals again for the I think it was the 10th time he made the finals. And in the fucking replies, I kid you not, it was just a whole bunch of niggas in there who wanted to argue that Michael Jordan was better than him. And it's like, dog, you could think that. Why do you think that I care enough to read that and engage with you in a conversation? Like, why do you think that? Like, your opinion is Michael Jordan is better. My opinion is that LeBron is my favorite. Why do we need to have discussion about this? We do not work for ESPN. We're just niggas on Twitter. I don't know, but that's just my opinion. Shut the fuck up about it regardless. Whatever you decide to do, just be quiet about it, and that's the end. But what I do want to do for you guys is play you a a clip from a a news anchor in Trinidad who uh, did his own version of reporting on the story. And I just want to play this shit because I really think it's funny. I just think it's hilarious the way that he's speaking about it. Um, and it really just gave me a laugh because really this whole COVID shit in terms of with Nikki is just really annoying. So this was like a bit of levity for it. And so I want to play this for you. This is a news anchor in Trinidad speaking about the controversy surrounding Nikki and her alleged cousin's friend who had a, a bit of a problem after receiving the shot. Story, this one dropped yesterday morning. And as the story dropped, it was excitement. Now, Nicki Minaj, no stranger to controversy. Um, I mean, she was here for Carnival in 2020, and that was a bacchanal with she, well, her husband, now husband, and Iowa. Um, she would have made some outlandish statements over the years, but this one takes the cake. This is almost like what you would hear by a parlor, where somebody will tell you, well, your cousin, friend, neighbor, Say XYZ, I mean, come on, Nikki, you have 180 million followers. People listen to you, people follow your particular lead. You're going on the social media space and talking about your cousin friend, take the vaccine and get impotent. And all of a sudden, you know, marriage call off and some kind of bacchanal story. I mean, it's irresponsible on all all fronts. One, responsible based on the misinformation that is going out there regarding this vaccine. Um, you know, there was no verification of the story. And furthermore, even on a personal note, even if this is the case, to expose your cousin friend's flat tire <laughs> in the public domain like that. If the man have a flat tire, okay, he will work on that. You know, there's, there's herbs and, 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 and punch and certain things the man can eat and bring back our vibes. But don't come now and talk that kind of talk. The thing gets so hot. Jake Tapper on CNN yesterday at 4 o'clock. Talk about this with Dr. Fauci. Dr. Fauci is, of course, the U.S. Uh, the, that's their, their lead, leading mind and, and, and specialist with this whole COVID-19 uh, pushback and the fight against the COVID-19. And Dr. Fauci had to almost, you know, like the, the man was blindsided. He had to answer. And he said he didn't hold nothing personal against Nikki. Um, I mean, I do think we should proceed, but but Nikki, better than that. I, I honestly expected better. And besides, um, obviously, that outlandish statement, and she always talks about Trinidad, and she's from Trinidad, she's yet to collaborate with somebody from here. But as a talk for another program on another day. <laughs> Bro, that shit. 
that shit was funny. I will say that was some funny ass shit. <laughs> Paul, so you're gonna expose his flat tire. <laughs> and so if he got a flat tire, so what? Let him deal with that. <laughs> There's different things, herbs, punch. Oh man, that was funny. Now that was funny. But this whole shit, dog, it's like, come on, bro. Enough. Just enough already. Like, enough. You're going to do what the fuck you want to do anyway. You're going to do what the fuck you want to do anyway. So just do it. And be quiet. Other people, maybe there are certain people who don't have a choice per se. I know that teachers, you know, they probably don't have much of a choice in that regard. A lot of healthcare professionals don't have a choice really per se in that regard. And other, you know, professionals like, you know, if you work at a a public places like a sports game or if you're a waiter or waitress or, you know, if if you're at public places where people are patronizing publicly, you probably don't have a choice in that respect. So those people excluded. Um, But the people who just have, you know, regular degular people like us, whatever you want to do, do you're going to do and just be quiet. Like, that's it, man. Just be quiet. And that's all I got on it. Shutting the fuck up is mad underrated. Facts. And last on the docket, it is now time for our NFL predictions. So I got back to, I think I did pretty well last week. I think that I had a good record. Just my first time predicting games in a long time. Uh, my record from last week was 10 and 6. The only gripes that I have from last week's prediction is from two games. The first one was the Minnesota Vikings against the Arizona Cardinals. At the end of the game, the Minnesota Vikings had a chance to kick the game-winning field goal from a wild, makeable distance. I believe it was a 37-yard field goal. It's super, like, easy for a professional kicker to make, and the dude completely missed it. The Cardinals won, so I took the L on that. And the second game was the Kansas City Chiefs and the Baltimore Ravens. And who would have thought? I know I wasn't alone thinking that the Chiefs was going to smoke the Ravens. Lamar Jackson is that dude. And I'm saying that as a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. Lamar Jackson is official, bro. I know there's still a lot of people out there who try to criticize him and say that he's not a real quarterback and blah, blah, blah. Whatever you got to say, man, the brother could play. He can play ball. And if we... Gave Tebow all these fucking chances. We better be choke, put some respect on Lamar fucking Jackson's name. That's all I got to say about that. But yeah, those two are the only ones that I wish would have went a little differently. My record would have been 12 and 4. Also, the Cowboys beating the Chargers. I did not see that one happening. So, you know, if things would have went a little bit better, I would have had a better record. But 10 to 6 to get back into the swing, that's not a bad way to go. So now we're going to do this week's game. I'm off to a good start. I predicted the Carolina Panthers to beat the Houston Texans on Thursday Night Football. And now let's get into our Sunday slate of games. First game, Pittsburgh Steelers, um, I'm sorry, Pittsburgh Steelers, Cincinnati Bengals. Now, my Steelers, oh boy, had a bad loss last week against the Las Vegas Raiders. The Steelers cannot run the ball. It is terrible. Ever since they let Le'Veon Bell walk out of that motherfucking door, the Steelers have not been able to run the ball effectively. And Ben Roethlisberger is an old quarterback. There's no one out here who believes 
that Ben Roethlisberger is the same now at age 39 than he was in the year 2012, that he was in 2013. He's clearly a different player. Big Ben has sustained a lot of injuries in his career, and those injuries are taking a toll on him. You can watch any Steeler game. The man cannot move. The man is a statue, okay? He cannot hold the ball because the offensive line is not great. And he's forced to throw the ball 50 times, but he's not throwing the ball down the field. So it makes it much easier for the defenses to understand what the Steelers are trying to do. We don't know what's going to happen with the team, but I'm not giving up on them. I think that there's still a lot of talent on the roster. I did see Stephen A. Smith bring up an interesting point. I think him and Marcus Spears on first take brought up the point of why didn't they bring in Cam Newton yet? It's a good question. I don't know. I think that they just want to give Ben this last year, which is understandable. The man won two Super Bowls for us. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. If this is his last year and he wants to go out like this or just wants to go out playing every game, let him do it. I just think he's built up enough equity to do that. Um, but as far as my Steelers looking right now, you know, it's a little eye-opening. And TJ Watt got injured and Joe Hayden is injured. It's like, uh-oh, you know, you can see a lot of the cracks. But I'm still holding out hope. I'm a huge Steelers fan. They're playing the Bengals this week at home. I think that this is a game that they can win. It may be an ugly win, like 20-17 to 17 or 17-14. to 14 but I still think that they will win the game. Next game, Baltimore Ravens, Detroit Lions. That's easy. I got the Baltimore Ravens. No matter how decimated by injuries they are, the Detroit Lions, they're going to be in the, uh, the the draft lottery. Well, they don't even call it the draft lottery. They're going to have a high pick in the draft regardless. So I'll take the Baltimore Ravens. Next game, Atlanta Falcons, New York Giants. Now, this is a game that's interesting to me. The Atlanta Falcons, after their Super Bowl, like have completely just fell out of favor. Like they just have seemed to forgot how to play football. And the New York Giants are a team that have clearly made a lot of bad decisions in terms of the quarterback side of the ball. Saquon Barkley is a star. He's coming back from injury, so they're trying to slow ease his way back in. It's just understandable, but he's a star, no doubt. They have a whole bunch of skill receivers. Kenny Galladay is a nice receiver. Kadarius Toney, their number one pick from Florida, is injured. But they also have Sterling Shepard. They also have Evan Ingram. They have Saquon Barkley, as I mentioned. And they have one more other wide receiver that's good. I just can't remember his name right now off the top. Darius Slayton, that's his name. I just remembered it. So they have enough weapons, and their defense is pretty darn good, in my opinion at least. is better than average, or at least average. To where they should be winning games but daniel jones i do not believe is the correct quarterback for the team so this is a tough game because both of these teams are gonna underachieve this season so it's like who do you pick uh man i really don't know who to pick i'm gonna say hmm i'm gonna pick the new york giants to win this game i think the giants will win i think that I think that the Giants will win this game. I'll, I'll give it to the Giants. I'm not really confident on it, but I just, I'll give it to the Giants because the Falcons defense is absolutely terrible. Next game, New Orleans Saints against the New England Patriots. This is what, now this is going to be a good game, I believe. And I'm going to choose the Saints to win. I think last week, 
The Saints losing to the Carolina Panthers, only scoring seven points, was a wake-up call to Jameis, to Sean Payton, to everybody else on that offensive side of the ball. They are still missing Michael Thomas, so that does hurt them. But after the first game where the Saints dominated the Green Bay Packers, you were like, okay, Jameis is going to get paid. Jameis is going to cash in. He's going to he corrected all his mistakes. And then you have a back-to-earth game like last week. So I think that this is going to refocus the Saints, especially on offense. And I think that they'll be able to beat the Patriots, who actually have a pretty good defense. And Mac Jones has proven to himself to be at least a serviceable quarterback. But I, I really think that the Saints will go into Foxborough and win this game. Next game, Indianapolis Colts and the Tennessee Titans. The Indianapolis Colts, Carson Wentz, I, I believe, has sprained both his ankles and is uncertain to play. If he does play, even if he does like have enough strength to end up playing the game, I still think that the Tennessee Titans are going to win. I think the Tennessee Titans are a much better team, and I think that Derrick Henry is the difference maker. Because at the end of the day, he runs the ball in the fourth quarter with the same amount of strength and energy that he runs it in the first quarter. And that's just going to wear a defense out, no matter how good they are. And then when Derrick Henry gets going, their play action gets going. They have Julio Jones and A.J. Brown, two very, very good wide receivers. I think that the Tennessee Titans will win this game. Next game, Washington football team against the Buffalo Bills. I think that's pretty easy for me, at least. I will take the Buffalo Bills to win that, even though the Washington football team's replacement quarterback, Taylor Heineke, has shown that he can play. He can. He ain't no scrub. And Terry McLaurin is a nice receiver. Nice. But uh, I, I think that the Bills are just a better team overall. Yeah, I, I, I'll give it to the Bills to win that. Next game, Los Angeles Chargers and the Kansas City Chiefs. This is a tough game for me, too, because I think that the Chargers really match up well with the Chiefs. Um, you know, Travis Kelsey is kind of a matchup beater. But if they put Derwin James on him, one of the best safeties in the game, it's possible that he could take him out. Now, then again, that leads you vulnerable to what Tyreek Hill will do. And Patrick Mahomes is one of the most special quarterbacks ever. But I think that the Chargers will give the Chiefs fits. They gave them fits last year. I think that the Chiefs will win this game. But the spread is currently Chiefs favored by seven. And I don't believe that's a good number at all. I think that the Chiefs will win, but this will be a nail-biter game. I think this will be a very close game. I, I think that they'll some be around the score of like 30 to 27. But I still think the Chiefs will pull it out. Next game, Arizona Cardinals and the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jaguars, man, I think they're going to lose a lot of games. They might go 1-15 or 2-14. I don't think that they'll right the ship against the Cardinals. Kyler Murray is out here playing Madden on them, folks. And DeAndre Hopkins, even though he's questionable with a rib injury, I think that he will play. I'm not sure. But I still think regardless if Hopkins doesn't play, they still have uh, uh, Christian Kirk and they still have A.J. Green and they still have uh, running back? Uh, uh, Chase Edmonds and James Conner, I think, and Kyler Murray. So I just think that they're, they're going to overwhelm the Jaguars regardless. Next game, Cleveland Browns and the Chicago Bears. Now, last week, I told you guys that the Cleveland, I mean, not the Cleveland Browns, I'm sorry, the Chicago Bears should just get rid of this Andy Dalton bullshit, put the kid in Justin Fields, and let him play. They decided to do that, and they ended up winning that game last week. Andy Dalton had to leave the game because of injury, which is something I made sure to express that I did not want to see, but it was something that sort of 
it's not a good thing, but it's kind of a good thing so they could see what they have with Justin Fields. I think that he's a very dynamic player. I think that he's a, a very talented athlete. And I think that playing him just even just gives you a head start on what the future of the Chicago Bears is going to be. Like I said last week, we have seen Andy Dalton already. We've seen him. We know what he can do. We know what he can't do. We've seen him. There's no reason, in my opinion at least, to keep on playing Andy Dalton, playing him, when you know what he is. Because do you really think that you're going to win the Super Bowl with Andy Dalton as quarterback? Like, what what are we doing in this matter? So I, I like that the kid got in, and hopefully he plays so well that they can't take him out. Um, but with all of that being said, I still will take the Cleveland Browns to win. I think the Cleveland Browns are a much better team. Even though Baker Mayfield last week appeared to suffer a, a small shoulder injury and Jarvis Landry, one of the great receivers on their team, suffered a sprained MCL. He's going to be out for a little while. But I still think regardless, I think they could just run the ball with uh, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, do a few play action passes to Odell, who's supposed to be coming back, along with Njoku and Peoples-Jones. I think that the Cleveland Browns are just much a better team and they're going to win. So I'll take the Cleveland Browns on that one. Next game, Denver Broncos and the New York Jets. This is a layup again. Denver Broncos to win, especially the Jets are traveling to Mile High Stadium and they're already not a very good team. I got the Broncos. Las Vegas Raiders and the Miami Dolphins. Tua Tagovailoa suffered a rib injury and he is questionable for the game. If he can't play, it will be Jacoby Brissett. And I think the Raiders are pretty, pretty darn good. Derek Carr needs to, is starting to get a little more love. And I like seeing that because he is actually a very good player. I think the Raiders at home will win. Minnesota Vikings and the Seattle Seahawks. The Vikings had a terrible, 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 terrible loss last week. Like I mentioned before against uh, uh, Arizona. I think that the Seahawks are not going to make it better for them. Especially the way that they lost last week to Tennessee when they had the lead in the fourth quarter. And Tennessee came back and won. I think that... uh, I think that Seattle won't be playing this time around. I think they're going to go into Minnesota and win. Next game, Tampa Bay Buccaneers and L.A. Rams. I think this is going to be one of the best games of the weekend. And in a shocker, I'm going to pick the L.A. Rams to win. I think that this is going to be the NFC championship between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the L.A. Rams, the Green Bay Packers, or the San Francisco 49ers. I think those are the best four teams in the NFC. Hopefully, San Francisco can start to get some of their players back. And the Seattle Seahawks. I'm going to throw them in there, too, in the mix. But I really think that this is going to be a very, very, very telling game. If the L.A. Rams can beat the Buccaneers, again, and they're at home, with Matthew Stafford as their new quarterback, I think this is going to be very, very good for the Rams' chances in the playoffs uh, this season. Because regardless... If the Rams have Super Bowl aspirations, they're going to have to go through Tampa one way or the other. I'm going to choose the the L.A. Rams to beat Tampa this week. I'm going to choose them to beat Tampa this week. I think the Rams can get it done. I love Matthew Stafford's addition on that team. I think that's what they needed. So I'm going to I'm going to go with the Rams. I really like I'm confident with the Rams to win against Tampa. Next game. Like I mentioned, uh, like I've mentioned before, another great contender in the NFC, Green Bay Packers and the San Francisco 49ers. Green Bay had a great win last week, although it was against the Lions. Still good to win. You still got to win the game. 
Aaron Jones had a great performance as well. Um, I'm not, and I'm gonna roll with them. I'm gonna take the Green Bay Packers to beat the San Francisco 49ers. I'm rolling with them. I think that Green Bay has enough to do it. I think that Aaron Rodgers kind of wants to quiet a lot of the critics. He's been, you know, saying that niggas be talking shit and they don't know what the fuck they talking about <laughs> pretty much all week. And I think that he really wants to go out and, and San Fran, a team that has given the Packers a lot of problems, and just shut everybody up and just be like, yo, I'm that nigga and leave me alone. So I'm going to take the Green Bay Packers to win that game. The Monday Night Football game is the Philadelphia Eagles and the Dallas Cowboys. When it comes down to the NFC East, it's like choosing between death but death by a million gunshots or death by a million cuts. I don't know. Like, it's so hard to pick teams when they play each other in the NFC East. It's like because sometimes they play really well. Like Philadelphia played really well against Atlanta. Week one, they won 32 to 6. The next week, they played pretty poorly against San Francisco and only scored 11 points. The Cowboys had a shootout loss against the Tampa Bay Bucks, where their offense looked like look insane on some Arizona Cardinals type shit. And then they had a game last week where they only scored 20, and they couldn't barely run the ball. They could barely pass the ball, and they squeaked out a win against LA Chargers. So it's like really hard to call their games. But for, for, for all my Cowboy fans out there, I'm going to choose the Philadelphia Eagles to win this game. <laughs> I like Dak Prescott, but I like Jalen Hurts as well. I, I think it would be much better for Philadelphia to win um, just for me personally and for TV's sake. So I'm going to choose the Philadelphia Eagles to win the uh, Monday Night Football game and to get a head start on week four. Um, the Thursday night football game is the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Cincinnati Bengals. And I will choose the Cincinnati Bengals to win that game. So let's see how I do this week. Last week was pretty good. 10 and 6. Let's see if I can improve on that. And I'll say it like I say every episode or every time I do NFL predictions. If you are a betting person out there, please do not place bets and bet your real money on what Denzel is saying about football. Just because I'm saying I think the L.A. Rams are a good team and that stat, Matthew Stafford becoming their quarterback is what they needed does not mean you need to go place a bet on the L.A. Rams to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because if you lose money, guess what? Denzel is not going to help you recoup. Denzel does not care. And if you are listening to me talk about football and you decide to go place a bet on it, we both are under the understanding that you did that under your own risk. I'm just a guy from the Bronx, New York, who likes football, and I want to talk about football. So I will. But that does not mean I am one of these pundits. I'm not ESPN. I'm not Fox Sports. I'm none of these niggas. I'm just a dude from the Bronx with a microphone. Please, if you are going to play some bets based off what I say about football, just be under the impression and under the, the understanding that we both have, that I will not help you recoup if you dis- if you lose money betting football games. Let's see how I do for week three of the NFL season. And that, guys, will wrap it up. Episode number 74 of the Bronx Bias Podcast is in the books. I'm your host once again. My name is Denzel. 
I want to say thank you again to everyone who tunes in, who likes, who subscribes, who shares, and who supports. Thank you to everyone out there who is active and engaged with me on social media platforms. I truly, truly appreciate it. Please do not forget, your boy Denzel has official Bronx Bias Podcast merchandise available for purchase. You can visit the website, bronxbiaspod.myshopify.com. Come check it out. Come fuck with me on there. Hoodies, t-shirts, tote bags, COVID masks, and stickers with much, much more to come. The products are quality material and supporting the merch is just a great way to help keep the podcast going the way that it is. Um, Again, I'm an independent potter from the BXNY. I don't have any sponsorships yet. I don't have any deals yet. So just the supporting the merch is a great way to make sure the podcast keeps going the way that it does. And I truly, truly, truly appreciate every single person out there who has purchased merchandise from me. I really, really appreciate you guys. Uh, I'm going to fade you guys out with a great, great, great song today. And if you can use context clues, you know where I'm going. And the song that I'm going to play for you guys today is called Champagne Poetry by Drake off of the album Certified Lover Boy. And this has been the Bronx Bias Podcast, episode number 74. Have a great week. Have a great weekend out there and be safe. And we are out. I love you, I love you, I love you. Until I, until I, I love you, I love you, I love you. Until I find the day, the only words I know that you. I've been hot since the birth of my son. I remain unfazed, trust worse has been done. Man, fuck evaluation, show me personal funds. It's the pretty boys versus the petty boys. Sold that already, got a whole new set of toys. Shit is so surreal, Drizzy Drake, you better enjoy it. Nothing else bigger than the OVO Letterman boys. Cashmere nets for the nighttime boat rides. Ollie got the first edition parked up roadside. The only sign of struggling is coming from those guys. I'm trying to just relate what I can see through my own eyes. And nothing tell the truth like the eyes will Live so much for others, don't remember how I feel Friends in high places and friends that are high still Still manage to moonwalk straight through a minefield And then I come back to tell you how that feels Build this house for us all, pain in my back still You niggas gassed up, you couldn't pay the I love you, I love you, I love you Until I, until I, I love Champagne poetry. These are the effortless flows. Supposedly something else is controlling me. Under a pictures live some of the greatest quotes for me. Under me, I see all the people that claim they over me. And above me, I see nobody. I'd have to be dead for them to say that you took it from me. The 20% of you that we own is my tootsie's money. Nigga, I'm wildin' with your bread, you owe it to me. CJ grab racks out the bag and throw it to me. They don't want a problem with the boy, but it's going to be. Trust in my brothers is as strong as I know it should be. Future signing contracts, he don't even show it to me. I don't have to second guess nothing with no one I love. About to build a second guest house cause we growing too much. Think I gotta scale the love back. What you mean to me Until I do
Yeah. 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 The city's on fire and people are in denial. Charges being labeled, we'll see what they do at trial. I'm calling the shit from now. Sweetheart deals that the judges been handed down. I haven't been able to see family for a while. That shit is wearing me out. I used to hide my pain in Delilah behind the bar till my niggas carried me out. And if money's all I need in my grave, then bury me now. I know I tend to talk about how I got a fortune on me. But with that comes the politics, the city been forcing on me. Man, I can't even RIP and show my remorse to the homie. No, I carry the guilt of the city's misfortunes on me. I even got the cleaning staff plotting extortion on me. My parents' divorces on me. My therapist's voice is making the choices for me. And I always censor myself, cause no matter what they reporting on me, the pressure is weighing on me. Career's going great, but now the rest of me's fading slowly. My soulmate somewhere out in the world just waiting on me. My chef got a recipe for disaster baking slowly. My heart feel vacant and lonely. But still, I'm making the most of this shit and more. Every single move is like rolling dice on a board. See too many brothers get 25 from the boys. I'd rather see all of them get 25 from the Lord. And if the last negotiation made you pay me 25, well, this is the perfect time to give me 25 more. I'm bigger now than before. Co-parent of the year, we figured out a rapport. No fair with Drizzy made on the second leg of the tour. How can anybody tell you the truth when they misinformed? How the niggas turning up when you turn you in for rewards? How the do we manage to win everything but awards? Windows of opportunity, let me go through the doors. This the part where I don't ever say pardon me anymore. This the part where I'ma find a new part of me to explore. This the part where all my partners know what we in it for. This the part where we gon' throw us a party after the war. And if the last negotiation had you feeling out of pocket, well, this is the perfect time that I empty them shits for sure. You owe that shit to the boy. Yeah.